0: The following audio message is from Neighborhood Church in Overland Park, Kansas. If you would like to learn more about Neighborhood Church, please go to www.neighborhoodchurchop.com. Well, good morning, everyone. My name is Eric Stelzer. I am a um, one of the neighborhood group leaders here at Neighborhood Church, and it's um my privilege, my privilege to open this book with you guys this morning and study it with you, so I'm really, really excited about what God's been showing me through this book, and I'm really excited to to um, encounter Jesus this morning. If you would, we're going to dive right in. We're in Colossians chapter 2, Colossians chapter 2, and we're going to be looking at verse 6 through 15, and if you have one of those hardcover Bibles, it's page 984 in the English Standard Version, or the ESV, 984, and if you don't have a Bible, know that is our gift from us to you. We want to be a people in a community that is rooted in this book, so we, like, put your name in it, mark it up, take it home, study it. So Colossians 2, verses six through 15, Paul writes, therefore as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world and not according to Christ. And if you highlight anything, or you would like to mark up your Bible. Let's like highlight this next verse, verse nine, and the beginning of verse ten. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him. So mark that, highlight that. That's where we're going to focus today. Is those two verses. Who is the head of all rule and authority? Verse eleven says, "In him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands, by putting off the body of the flesh, by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism." So what I want to talk about today, my title, the talk, the message is um, a full life in Christ. Would you look at a neighbor right now and say a full life in Christ? A full life in Christ. So the big idea, what we want to look at is a full life in Christ, a complete, a sufficient life in Christ. Would you guys pray with me? Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for um, Jesus. We thank you for your spirit. God, we just pray that you would would come here now, that you would speak to each one of us individually, and you would speak to us as a a community, as a church, and that you would would meet us here, and we would encounter Jesus anew and afresh today, that we would leave here loving him more um, and and just desiring him more. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Have you ever had an expectation or been promised something and you were like really, really excited about it. You were promised something but that promise didn't meet its like, it didn't deliver, or you had an expectation, but those expectations weren't met. Like, say, for example, you, you were planning a family vacation with, um, and, and, you, and you studied, or you, like, looked up online. You're trying to find a place to go to the beach, and so you looked at all these pictures of the beach, and you're like, oh, man, this place is going to be great. And then you show up at the beach, and you're like, this beach is trashy. Like this beach is like, or there's tons of people and you're like, I can't even build a sandcastle. I can't even do anything because there's just so many people here. And so you have these expectations through the pictures that, that like this beach was going to be awesome. It promised something to you, but it didn't deliver on its promise. And I can think of an example of some ladies in the community, in neighborhood church, that I think it was this past summer, they went on a ladies retreat. Right, you guys know what I'm talking about. So you went on this ladies' retreat. You you found this family campground that you're really really excited about, and you're like, oh, this is going to be a great time for us all to get together and just like spend together. And so you had these expectations, and I'm sure the website promised some things. And then the ladies showed up, and it was like Mardi Gras on the creek. It was like it was it was just horrible. And I they all came back. They're like, what was that? What was that all about? They came back early. There was an ambulance there. There was a girl passed out outside their tent. Like, it was just crazy what was happening, but not one of our girls. <laughs> but <laughs> but so, these, so these expectations weren't met. And I, I think of one other example, so I've never gotten into the Harry Potter movies, but I saw this preview for Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, which came out last fall, and I was, I was super stoked. I was like, this movie's going to be epic. So me and some friends, we started watching the Harry Potter series. I even stepped ahead to see how the end was going to go. But I was, like, really excited for this movie. And a lot of you, I I can see most of you, came and watched that movie with me, and I was just disappointed. I was like, this movie (laughs) stunk. Like, it didn't meet my expectations. Like, I left there, and I was like, that was a waste of $10. Like, I had fun with friends, but I was just like, that movie didn't deliver on the preview. Now, I say all this because in the, in the Colossian church, there was these men and these people that were going around sharing different philosophies, ideas, thoughts that Paul says were empty. They didn't deliver on their promises. They were promising certain things. They were promising this higher level of spirituality, but they weren't meeting those expectations. They were empty. They were empty to these people. They didn't deliver on their promises. They didn't meet expectations. And a lot of us today, like I mean, there's a lot of things that we like we're promised and we we expect certain things and, and when we don't find that, there's like there's some insufficiency, there's some lacking, there's some like what was that about? And so Paul in this letter, like as these as these ideas are flowing through the church and through the community, he's like, There's one person, there's one thing that will always be sufficient, that will always be complete, that will never be lacking, and you can find fullness in him. And so, again, our title of our talk is A Full Life in Christ. Verse 9 says, For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him. So what I want to do today is I want to look at this fullness of Jesus. Like, what does that mean, he's full? Like, why is he full? And then from there, Paul lays out three different things that we can find our fullness in, our completeness in. One is a complete understanding and knowledge Number two is a complete and full forgiveness. And number three is a complete and full victory. And so we're going to look at first Jesus, who Jesus is, why he's complete, why he's full. So again, verse 9, for in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. Would you turn a page back to, to Colossians 1, verse 19. Look at what it says there. It says, for in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. We see, we see Paul, like, saying it again. And then if you turn or go back even a couple more verses, verse 15, he says, he is the image of the invisible God. What Paul is saying here is that this Jesus, this man who lived and walked and breathed 2,000 years ago, he was God in all his fullness. You can actually, like, use that phrase in verse 9, chapter 2, verse 9, for in him, in Jesus, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. It's like in Jesus is God in all his fullness. Like this man, Jesus, that walked, this, this was a divine supernatural being. This was God in the flesh. And you see chapter 1, verse 15, he is the image of the invisible God. So this is the divine being incarnate, in flesh, there, tangible, physical. And Paul wants to argue like everything can be found in him and he is above everything. And this is why you can find your fullness in him. So look at verse 16 in chapter 1. We're just going back, and then we'll get back to our passage. Verse 16 in chapter 1. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him, and he is head of all things. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Sorry, I was quoting a little King James Version there. So that's why it looked a little different. But he says, he, for by him all things were created. Verse 16 In heaven and earth visible and invisible think of this with me this is Jesus this is Jesus the galaxies millions and millions of light years the expanse of the universe created through Jesus and for Jesus this is what Paul is saying here the galaxies created through Jesus and for Jesus the end all is for Jesus the Sun the moon the stars through Jesus and for Jesus the highest of mountains, Mount Everest, and the, de- the, like, the deepest of deep oceans created through Jesus and for Jesus. The plants, the animals, the birds, the creeping things, the streams created through Jesus and for Jesus. Jesus is supreme above all these things. All things were created through him and for him. Think of this. The, the greatest sea creature created through Jesus and for Jesus and the smallest microorganism created through jesus and for jesus all things have their end and fullness and completeness in jesus you me created through jesus and for jesus your mind your heart your soul your body all this created through jesus and for jesus and paul wants us to get that that he is supreme above all authority he is highest above all authority And all things hold together through Jesus. Nothing could exist without Jesus. You and I could not exist. The mountains could not exist. Nothing could exist without Jesus. And we were created for him. And Paul is saying he is supreme above all things, all created things. All things are his. All things are underneath of him. He's supreme, preeminent, all authority, all wisdom, all knowledge, all philosophies, all traditions, everything created through Jesus, for Jesus, and he's supreme above all things this is wonderful. This is wonderful stuff that everything was created through him and for him. And so Paul sees this, these people coming in and sneaking, not sneaking into the church, but people in the church that are just like, they've been pulled away from things that have to do with Jesus. And they're, they're putting these traditions and these, like, okay, loving God and your neighbor is good, but like you can worship some angels and get to a higher spiritual level. Or loving God and your neighbor is good, but like you should starve yourself and do some other things to harm your body to reach a higher spiritual level. Like these things were coming into the church, and he's like, no, Jesus is complete. So as we look at a full life in Christ, we want to look at three different things that we can find fullness in. Let's go back to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians 2, and we'll start in verse 8. And just a reminder, you might have saw the verse up before the service started. Jesus said in John 10.10, Well, he says right before that, he says the thief comes to kill and destroy, but I came that you might have life and life to the full, life abundantly. And so Jesus' best interest for you and Jesus' greatest desire for you is to have a full life. And so one of the first thing, the first thing we can find fullness in, in Jesus, is a full and complete knowledge. Look at verse 8 in chapter 2. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit. Now, before we go on, that philosophy doesn't mean philosophy is bad. He was speaking of a specific one. Like, if you look down in the verses following, like, he talks about that worshiping angels and asceticism and harming your body. So, this is like a particular philosophy. So, philosophy and all is not bad. He's just saying, like, this philosophy. So, he says, See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. So, as we seek a full life in Christ. He says, be careful. This is a warning. Be careful, Neighborhood Church. Be careful, Eric. Like, let's be careful that you're not taken captive. There's this idea of being, like, broken into a home and and pulled off into slavery. He talks about earlier in chapter 2, he says, don't let anyone delude you with plausible, high-sounding arguments that are according to man. Like so so there's always a warning in the New Testament be careful there's people out there that have these ideas and these thoughts and you have to be careful they're not rooted in Christ and he says these are the ones that we we need to be careful for. He says the ones that are according to elemental spirits of the world verse 8 and ones that are according to human tradition. They're not divine. He says, fullness and knowledge and fullness and wisdom is found in those things which are according to Christ. Because as we said, like, he's complete above all knowledge and all wisdom and all spiritual understanding. Chapter 2, verse 3 says, to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding. Oh, this is verse 2. And the knowledge of God's mystery which is in Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. All wisdom and knowledge is found in Jesus. So these things are not according to Christ. These things, are, these things are of the world. They're man-made. And just think about this. We're, we're human beings and we're broken and we have these ideas and worldviews. And, and because we're lacking and because we're not complete, we're going to come up with like these different ideas and thoughts and they're not going to be full. They're not going to be sufficient because we're broken. We're not infinite. We're finite. And so we create these things and he says, be careful. Don't let anyone pull you away from things that aren't according to Christ. And so how how do we do that? How do how do you and how do I personally like how do we do that? Well, verse 6 says as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord so walk in him rooted built up and established in him. So how are we rooted in 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 Jesus? And how do we how do we make sure no one takes us captive by philosophy and empty deceit? Well, um, my, pa- my parents pastor back in Pennsylvania this guy like knew this book inside and out He had this thing memorized and it was crazy because like anytime you talk to him like he would just like speak Bible verses and I was just like man, I really really like that and I remember one sermon he shared and he said, you know why I studied the Bible and why I memorize it? He's like because everyone's preaching at you Everyone's preaching at you YouTube Facebook Instagram the billboards FX, CNN, ABC. Everyone's got a philosophy. Everyone's got a worldview. Everyone's got an opinion. Everyone's sharing it. And so if we're not rooted and grounded in this book, like we're not gonna know what's right and wrong. We're gonna get cap, we're gonna be taken captive. We're gonna get pulled away. We're gonna be deluded. We're gonna be like, oh, this sounds right. This sounds, this sounds good, you know? Like a little bit of Jesus, a little bit of Hinduism, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And it's like, no, all of a sudden you're over in this other area and you're like, I thought, I thought, that what this, this kind of thought process was, was going to promise a certain thing, and it didn't meet its expectations. Like, have you been down that road? I've been down that road. Like, this, this will work. And then I'm like, a year later, it's like, how, how did I get here? How did I get here? Because I wasn't rooted and grounded in his Word. So, so how do we, how do we make sure, and how do we find this full knowledge of Christ? And it's being rooted and grounded in this book, it's like loving this book. It's like knowing what the creator, the one who's above all wisdom and knowledge, says about life because he knows, he knows best how we function. He knows how we ought to live because he created us. And so let's be rooted and grounded in this book. Psalm 1, one of my favorite verses, it says, Blessed or happy is the man or woman who walks not in the counsel of the wicked nor stands in the way of sinners nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his or her delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law... They meditate day and night, and they will be like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season. Like, I want to be a tree planted by streams of water, and if I don't know what the Creator said, and if I don't know what Jesus has said, and it's not according to Christ, like, I'm not going to be rooted. I'm going to be in this wave or this ocean of a world just being like, I have no anchor. I don't know where I'm going. I'm just floating around, bobbing around, but I want to be like a tree planted by streams of water, Psalm one nineteen, your word is a, a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. One of the things, like I mean, as men, like lust, like how can a young man keep his way pure? How can a man keep his way pure by guarding it according to my word? Like we want to be rooted and grounded in here. We want to we want we want to be rooted trees that bear fruit in in, in its season. So, number one. A full life, a full life in Christ offers a full wisdom and a full knowledge, a complete, sufficient wisdom and a complete and sufficient knowledge. But one of the things that separates us and one of the things that keeps us from this knowledge is sin. Is sin. We've been bro- our relationship with God has been broken because of our sin. Like sin is just trespassing God's law and we've broken this relationship And so the second thing that Paul offers is a full and complete forgiveness. Look at verse 13 with me. And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. So the Bible says we were created in the image of God, Genesis chapter 1, or Genesis 2, and we were created to have a relationship with him, but man disobeyed and rebelled against God, so then sin permeated the human race, so our souls are infected with sin, and therefore our relationship with God is separated. And Romans 6.23 says because of that sin, the wages of that sin is death. So Paul kind of alludes to that right here in verse 14. There's a record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. Because each and every one of us is sin, there is none righteous, no, not one. Because each and every one of us is sin, there's a separation. There's no fullness. There's there's lacking. And because we've been separated, there's a debt that needs to be paid, and it's death for each one of us. No matter who you are, what age you are, there's a debt. And it has to be paid, and the only payment is death. Death. Because we're finite. We're lacking. We can't, we can't pay an eternal God back. We can't pay an infinite God back. There's nothing we can do. And so what we do is we work harder and harder and harder. But what actually happens is our IOU gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And that's, that's what Paul's actually saying here. There's, there's a signature. This is a signed IOU. Does anyone have a mortgage in here? I have a mortgage. And I assigned my name to saying I'm in debt to these people to pay this money. And that's what Paul is saying there, right there. He's like, there is a sign signature with your handprint on it that says, I owe this to the creator of the universe. And because you're not going to be able to pay it, the wage is death. And so how do we take care of that? How do we take care of that? Well, fullness in Christ says that we were dead. We're dead because of our sin. But Christ, Jesus, Jesus, made us alive together with him, forgiving us all our trespasses. Forgiving us all our trespasses. And so how did he do that? This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. So the Bible teaches us that God in flesh, this Jesus, this full, complete Jesus, came as a human being, lived the life that we couldn't live, and died the death that we owe. The IOU was paid by Jesus. 2 Corinthians says that he, speaking of Jesus, who knew no sin, means he he never had a sinful inclination, never a lustful motive, never a selfish thought. He who knew no sin became sin, took on your sin and my sin, that we might become the righteousness of God. So he says, how is forgiveness taken? Well, he takes that debt that you and I each have, and he nails it to the cross. So it's just, it's just there like here's the cross and he just nails it to the cross and the word here set aside he set it aside means he completely obliterated it it's gone all trespasses are gone all trespasses every evil thought every slanderous word you've said in the past nailed to the cross gone completely forgiven a fool complete sufficient forgiveness every, every mean thing you said to your spouse this, wife, or this week gone nailed to the cross and it's, and it's future too everything you're going to do tomorrow and the day after and the day after and the day after until you're dead, gone, nailed to the cross obliterated, set aside because Christ is full and he can offer full and complete forgiveness so how do we have a full life in Christ we receive that who receive that that all sins all trespasses have been completely satisfied in Jesus the only sufficient and only full and only complete one so as i said we receive that verse 6 therefore as you received Christ Jesus the lord friends it's not taken care of if you haven't received him you still have the iou if i haven't received him i still have the iou And the penalty is death, both physically and eternally. But if you receive him, all that forgiveness is yours. All that wisdom and knowledge is yours. Everything in Christ is yours upon the moment you receive him. So finally, our third point. Look at verse 16. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. Some versions, if you don't have the English Standard Version, says triumphing over them in the cross. And that's a a better translation, in the cross, because it fits the context. Friends, there is a full and complete victory that is found in Christ, in Jesus. He says he disarmed the rulers, and he triumphed over them. He paraded them around now, the Colossians would have got this because in the first century, Rome, like, ruled the whole known world, and when they would conquer a territory or a king, what they would do is they would have a parade for, like, several days, and they would parade these kings through the city streets naked, shaming them, disarming them, compl- declaring complete victory, all victory. We have won, and we have disarmed them, and we have put them to open shame. So just, just know this, know this. As I was reading this, I, God was just like, Eric, complete victory has been nailed to the cross. Like complete victory is found at the cross. There is complete victory that can be found in Christ. So whatever, whatever thoughts, whatever inclinations of, I don't know, like as, as I was thinking through this, there's certain things where it's like, Man, I just struggle with this. Like, why am I this way? And Jesus this week was like, Eric, complete victory. Death, the devil, and sin have been obliterated at the cross. Your IOU has been obliterated at the cross. Yeah, they kind of nag you now. But if you're in Christ, yeah, they'll nag you. But there's complete victory in Jesus there's complete victory for every temptation, there's complete victory for every doubtful thought, there's complete victory to be found in Jesus. So Jesus says, the thief comes to steal and destroy. But I come to give life and life to the full, and he's the only one who can give life and life to the full. And I want to experience that life and I want you to experience that life and I want us as a community to experience that life. And Paul lays out three things here that we can find that and we can find complete wisdom and knowledge and understanding and how we navigate these waters of life, there's wisdom to be found. There's understanding. As long as it's according to Christ, like it'll always be complete. It'll always be sufficient. It'll always satisfy. There's complete and full forgiveness for every one of you in this room. Complete and full forgiveness for myself as well, found in Christ. And there's complete and full victory. So two things as we close, two practical Kind of applications. Number one, if you haven't experienced Jesus, if you haven't experienced this fullness in Christ, why not? And how do you get that? Look at verse six. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. Like if you haven't experienced this full, satisfying life, Like receive him as Lord, receive him as king, receive him as supreme, receive him as bread of life, receive him as living water, receive him for all that he is and he offers that to you. You don't got to work your way to him. Like you'll never pay off that IOU. All he says is receive my payment. Stand in my place and let me stand in your place. So if you haven't experienced his fullness and you want to experience his fullness, receive him as Lord, receive him as king. If you'd like to talk about that more, Dave and I will be in the back, and we'd love to talk to you. But there's a, God, a bunch of healthy people in here. Talk to them, too. Be like, I want I want to experience that. I want to receive that. I want to know that. And number two, if you have received that, full, that fullness, and you have received him as Lord, are you walking in it? Verse six, so walk in him. Do you find yourself getting carried away by plausible arguments and this empty deceit in these philosophies, are you rooted in him? are you grounded in him? And if you're not walking in him, and the cool thing is like it says it says, as you receive Christ Jesus Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith. that rooted, built up and established, that's all work of God. All you need to do is walk in him, every day walk in him. What will we have for me today, Jesus? What do, you, what do you want me to have? To, what do you want me to do today, Jesus? It's just to walk in him. Let's, let's be a people that are rooted and grounded. So if you're not walking in him, like let's walk in him. Let's be rooted and grounded in him. And if you haven't received him as Lord, like it's your chance to do that today. Would you guys pray with me?